was going to say that one of the things that really helped me de-stress a lot was uh, I went for a, a, a hike in the woods and, you know, looked for the first wildflowers and stuff like that. And that was, you know, being out there in nature, it just seemed like everything was normal. Spring is coming. There is a new life. You know, things are warming up and it almost felt like this is a totally normal normal world and nothing is changed and then you go back to you know reality after that and then all the worry comes back And I also work at the Lodi Middle School in the library there. And I've lived in Lodi with my family for 25 years. So I've been here for a very long time. How has your life been affected by the epidemic? Well, the biggest change, of course, is being home all the time. I'm used to working two jobs and seeing lots of people all the time. Um, and now both school and the library are closed, and so I'm working from home. Um, I miss the kids a lot, and I miss the patrons, and I wonder how everyone is doing. But other than that, I am a total homebody, and so it's like heaven for me to be at home. And I also love being alone. And so those things are fine for me, and I'm totally used to it. And the things that I like to do for fun, like reading and crocheting and stuff like that, are all things that I do by myself at home anyway. So that's all good. So that hasn't changed too much. And um, as far as all the um, precautions and things that you have to take for the COVID-19, um, everybody is doing all these extra cleaning things and not touching your face and, you know, wiping down your groceries and all that kind of stuff. I'm a total, like, germaphobe, so I have always done all of those things. I mean, literally just about every one of them I have always done, like wiping doorknobs and all that sort of thing. And so, to me, that is there's no change whatsoever with regard to that. So I adjusted to that very well, but I am kind of annoyed that everybody is hoarding um, hand gel and Lysol and cleaning wipes and you can't get them anywhere. <laughs> but I guess they need to go to the hospitals and stuff because that's where they need them the most. I do miss, you know, going out to movies and out to eat at restaurants with my friends. I miss hugs and it just feels like, Every day is Groundhog Day. I keep thinking about that song from Beauty and the Beast every day, like the one before, because <laughs> I'll be doing I'll be doing my workout or something, and I'll be like, "Didn't I just do this?" And and speaking of workouts, I've decided to use this extra time at home to get in shape, and now I am doing triple workouts every day, triple the amount that I used to do, which is kind of cool because I can like you know, get up in the middle of a, a webinar and, 
you know, move around and do a little bit of a workout, like for a break. And it feels good to not have to like sit still in a desk the whole day. So that part is good. And if I want to, you know, work outside on the deck in the sunshine, I can do that. So those things are good. But mostly those are things that I do to try to relieve the stress because I am having a lot more worry and stress mostly because I'm worried about my family. You mentioned being a germaphobe. Do you feel somehow like now you're you're in your element? Like this is how everyone should have been behaving all along, or has it exacerbated I, some I of those kind fears? Of do. Okay. I'm like, finally, the rest of the world gets it. It's like a lot of things are very, very different. I feel like I'm in a totally different world, but in some ways, it feels, you know, really normal, except for the, you know, not going to work kind of thing. And I feel I feel really lucky to be. Uh, you know, be able to be in a place where I can be safe and not have to go out like the uh, healthcare workers and firefighters and the police and everybody, grocery store workers who have to go out and work. And I can, you know, be safe and protected and not infect anyone else either. I had um, my parents actually came up to visit yesterday. They made a trip to Lodi. They live in McFarland, but they made a trip to Lodi because they were out of meat in their freezer and they really liked the meat at the Lodi Sausage Company. So they drove up here to go get some meat and then they stopped by, but they wouldn't come in the house because they wanted to keep social distancing. And so they stood out on the on the porch and the sidewalk in front of the house and talked to me through the doorway. And I think they were more afraid of infecting me than um, being infected by me. But it's good that they're being careful because my dad is 80 and my mom is 78 and they both have a lot of um, underlying health issues. So, How has your family been handling this moment? Well, um, my kids are all very far away. I have three grown kids and um, some of them are even out of the country, but they're all very far away and it's hard. That's the hardest thing is not being near them. And like um, my son is in, in England, they have totally different rules there. And um, like he couldn't, he try to go to seven different grocery stores and they don't have any food on the shelves. And I worry about, you know, worry about them and being so far away and wanting to protect them but not being able to. And uh, my uh, daughter, who is uh, at a university, the, they know they closed down the university, but they still have to do online work. But they did kind of what Lodi schools just did, which is everybody's going to get a pass, pass during an emergency grade, either pass or fail and no grades. So to try to relieve the stress a little bit. But, um, and we've been talking over Zoom and Skype and things like that. And I talk to them, you know, on the phone every day and stuff. So at least um, we're staying in touch and keeping track of each other that way. And they've actually come up with some fun things to do. Like for Easter, my daughters want me to hide their Easter baskets like I used to do when they were kids somewhere in the house and then we'll Skype and they will tell me where to go look to try to find their Easter baskets, <laughs> you know, and playing, ga- playing games on Skype or Zoom and stuff like that. And it's kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, I know you, you go to church. What's, what's your, um, how's that been for you uh, going to church or, you know, you have Easter coming up here. I guess you've, you've already talked about that. Do you have any feelings on that? Well, 
I have been watching. They have been doing live streaming, so I've been watching them on live live stream, which is is very um, strange and different. But I'm glad they're trying to keep it up because people really need that during these times. Like, um, like the Catholic Church is having drive by confessions, where you drive up in your car and you know shout your sins to the priest, I guess. <laughs> I think that's kind of kind of weird, but they're trying everything they can to, you know, still maintain some level of normalcy so that people can still participate in the things that they need to for their faith during this time, especially during the times like Easter. And mm-hmm. So that's been, it's been helpful. I also, you know, do a bunch of you know, readings and devotions and meditations that I can read. So that helps. about family, though, first? Yes, go ahead. Okay. All right. So I have a niece who, my goddaughter, who's supposed to get married in April, and she lives in D.C., and she planned this big D.C. wedding, and she ended up having to cancel it completely, which was really sad because, um, you know, a lot of people would have to travel, and they couldn't travel. And so she ended up um, finding, she had her wedding party um kind of like a bachelor party in Colorado earlier. Um, and she decided, well, since we're going to have to cancel the wedding, let's just get married here. But she couldn't find any courthouse that was open. And so she had to drive a really long way to a teeny tiny town somewhere in Colorado, and they finally found courthouse that was open, but they wouldn't let any witnesses come in. So my niece and her fiancé just had to go in there all by themselves, you know, dressed in their winter coats and stuff like that. And they went in there, and they just, all they had them do was fill out some papers. They didn't even do any vows or anything. They just signed their name on a paper and with nobody there to see, and then that was it. They were married. It was kind of sad. And then I have and I have a, a nephew who um, recently had kidney failure and liver failure, and he was in the hospital in Minnesota, and they kind of, um, the hospital sort of booted him out way too early because they're trying to make room for the um, COVID-19 patients, and um, so he had to go back into the hospital like three times after that um, because he got sent home too soon, so it's kind of people who have other health issues and need surgery and stuff like that, it all has to be put on the back burner, and that's kind of worrisome. I know that they need the space, and and I definitely don't want anyone to get the coronavirus for sure, but it's also worrisome that people who need um, other kinds of care are maybe not going to get it. My mom was recently um, diagnosed with um, glaucoma, and her vision is getting much, much worse, like, every day. Mm. And she came up yesterday, and she said, well, you know, everything I see, and I look outside, everything looks red. And, you know, she can't get into the doctor to get, you know, laser surgery or whatever to try to help that until June. And, you know, that's so that's not good. And I worry about my sister who has prediabetes 
and her son who has, you know, an autoimmune disease and worry about them catching it. So it's hard not to obsessively watch the news. I'm one of those people that in a crisis, I have to um, wallow in it in order to (laughs) calm me down. I I can't, like my daughter, she just shuts everything off and I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to listen to it because it makes me upset. And I, I'm the opposite. I have to like have it on 24 seven. Mm-hmm. So I know up to the minute exactly what's going on and stuff. Like, So anyway, I am currently obsessed with Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just think he's fantastic. So I have to watch him every day because I think he's doing a really good job. I think I'm probably more in your camp than the, although I'm trying, to be honest, I am trying just mental health wise because um, I've been paying attention to, Twitter a lot more and that you can just refresh refresh ceaselessly you're just always getting these updates and it's sort of can be overwhelming but at the same time I, I feel the same way I'd like to uh, I feel like I need to wallow in it too even podcasts because I listen to podcasts and a lot of podcasts that I had been coming into my feed that weren't somehow related to this um, I've, I've just stopped listening to them you know I, I like uh, I, I and started searching out content related to this it's very strange it feels like um like it's like I I like that's like my sole <laughs> focus in some right, ways. Right. Um, it's, it's hard to it's hard to concentrate on other things because they all just seem so irrelevant and unimportant based on what's going on now. Like um, well, I I wonder if the kids doing homeschool or doing online school feel the same way when they're doing their assignments and stuff like that. And it's like, well, how is this relevant? You know to the world's falling apart around us and why why do I need to learn math? <laughs> I wonder if they feel like that. Because I like, well, I'm trying to read um, read a bunch of books and I have made a list of, of resources and things that are related to things like books about plagues in the past or futuristic dystopian mm. societies where there was a plague or a pandemic or something. And I try to read some of those because I want to see how close they were to predicting what it really is like. Mm-hmm. But then that's kind of upsetting and that makes me upset. So I don't want to read that. And then I try to read escapism stuff, you know, just to make me less stressed. And, and I try to read that and I'm like, well, this is so not like what reality really is. I can't stand a <laughs> Because you people have no idea, you know, it's just so dumb that I can't read that either. Right. <laughs> well, like one of the books I'm reading right now is called Plague Land, and that is, it's so similar. It was written very recently, and they mention an Ebola-like virus that's taking over the world really fast. And, and you know, I can't read it at night before I go to sleep, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But one book that I did read that I uh, really, really liked is called Beyond the Bright Sea. And that was kind of an in-between thing. It's sort of sad and and uh, and yet at the same time sort of uplifting. So it wasn't about plagues and the pandemics, but it wasn't just like totally frivolous either. So I highly recommend that one. So you've been watching the news. Um, how I mean, how do you get do you do you watch the TV news? Are you kind of on the computer? What's your information intake? So like? I. Um, well, I don't have Facebook or Twitter or anything, and I don't have um, TV at all, hmm. and I don't have Netflix, and so the only thing I have is the computer, so I watch stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I watch, mostly I watch like PBS and 
NBC News and, you know, just whatever else you can find on YouTube. But Are you watching the Cuomo... Um, daily briefings? Yeah, are those on YouTube? He does every day. Yeah. Okay. I think he's awesome. I think he should run for president. <laughs> I think Probably it's Probably you should edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally don't like to talk politics and anything related to work. Right. Because I feel like politics and work should be kept separately because people in Lodi have very different views and, you know, we're all we're all in this together and we're all Lodians, mm-hmm. but we don't, you know, so it's probably not a good idea to view my political leaning or to voice my political leanings, but I will just say that I um, was totally disgusted with the fact that they had the election and the voting in person here in Wisconsin. This last week, I thought that was incredibly irresponsible. It's just disgusting. And also, people who are doing scams and trying to profit off other people's suffering is just, that really bothers me, too. Like, people are um, making new emails or sending emails in teacher different teachers' names at school and trying to scam people. Wow. And... Um, my priest sent out an email and said that, well, you know, somebody is sending emails in my name and begging for money. And he said, please don't do that. I would never call, you know, send out an email and beg you for money. It's a scam. And it's like people taking advantage of people in times like this is just, it's just evil. Your grocery shopping been like or any other shopping that you've done well um i have not done any other shopping at all i won't even order stuff on amazon <laughs> so um the only shopping i've done is grocery store and i am trying to go only like once every two weeks or three weeks but since it's just me i can get enough stuff in one trip that i can last that long so i haven't actually been in the grocery store in a couple weeks and i'm hoping to be able to go one more week before i have to go so i don't know really how things have changed the last time i went um nobody was wearing masks or you know really social distancing all that much but i know at the grocery store that my parents go to they only let um a couple people in at a time into the store and everybody wears masks and like, um, they wouldn't even let my parents go in together. Only one of them was allowed to go in. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how things have changed here at the at the pig, but I guess I'll find out when I run out of food. Is that where you go? I did go, I did go to the um, meat market yesterday because after my parents came, right. um, my dad got home and said, oh, you know, they accidentally overcharged me $5 or something. Could you go back and get the refund? So I had to go back in and pick up his refund money for him. And so I did go I did go there. And there were quite a few people there, but mm. they were doing a pretty good job of social distancing. I didn't see anybody wearing masks. I haven't really seen anybody in Lodi wearing masks. But I know that my neighbors are 
I definitely outside a whole lot more. It seems like all the kids in the neighborhood are out playing every day, which is good to see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dad's out playing basketball in the driveway with their kids and stuff. So it's kind of cool that people are getting more time to play outside and more time to spend with their families. That is definitely something I wish I had, which is a basketball hoop. That would be really nice right now. Yeah. But, um, well, my driveway is a, is a hill, so that yeah. would work. <laughs> well, we have been walking, and so I'll take my son, and it's funny that you mentioned that because one house that I've seen that we go by in one of the routes has a basketball hoop, and, and there is this really steep uh, drop at a certain point, maybe midway through, and I'm like, this has, has to be a very strange place to shoot hoops because because if you it goes down the hill you're basically you're hoofing it for who knows how far it's going to go because it's going to like bounce into the street for sure anyway mm-hmm. that's kind of just kind of an interesting uh yeah but there's there. there's so much fewer cars out on the streets oh yeah that, you know i have a quiet street anyway but there's so many less cars that kids are out scootering and everything on the on the street with no fear at all, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, there's not any cars here, so. Yeah. Have you done any kind of unusual things with cooking or eating, or has that pretty much just been the same? You're just kind of... Um, I've been making homemade bread, so, but no, I didn't, I know that Becky said that she couldn't find yeast anywhere, but I bought mine uh, like a month ago, so it wasn't me that took all the yeast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, no, other than that, no, I mostly... um I usually cook one thing on the weekend and then eat leftovers the whole entire week because mm-hmm. I mean, I like to bake and stuff like that, but it's no fun to to cook big things and stuff like that for for one person. So I basically just throw together whatever and slap it in the microwave and eat whatever. <laughs> it's not, I've not been, you know, motivated to do more cooking really. What have the conversations about the virus been like with the people in your life? Um, there's a variety. There are some people that think, you know, they're immune and they don't have to do anything different and it's no big deal and everybody's going to get it eventually anyway and whatever. And other people are like totally stressed and, you know, it's the end of the world and nothing's ever going to be the same again. And, you know, so it's run the whole gamut, but most of the people are just, you know, doing what, you know, what they're told to do, you know, wear a mask when you go outside and stay home as much as you can and keep your social distance. So pretty much most people are somewhere in the middle. People have had some really vivid dreams. Have you had anything like that? Oh, yes, I've had lots of nightmares. (laughs) And in all of my nightmares, my kids are really little, like they're babies and toddlers, and they're all grown up now, but in every single dream, they're little. And I have to, either they're lost and I have to find them, or I have to protect them from something. Mm. And, And I have these dreams like every single night. It's very strange. Any unexpected positive developments about this? Well, I guess you find out um, who um, the real character of people, people who step up and volunteer and put their own lives in danger or, you know, go and give blood or, you know, all these kind of things that they'll do for their neighbors or, and, you know, just people all over the world doing things like that. You hear those stories and it makes you feel really good that, 
you know, there really are, people are really good people and they really do step up in a, in a crisis. And, and it, it has restored my faith in humanity, I should say. And then, of course, you see the exact opposite of other people like the scammers and stuff like that. So uh, that's a positive. And, uh, you know, being able to spend more time doing, you know, being at home and doing the things that I like and being in touch with uh, with people is a good thing. But I guess uh, I, you know, can't help but feel for the people who are not getting not getting paid and they can't get their um, unemployment because they can't get through or they're, or they're waiting desperately for their checks from the government and stuff like that and they can't pay their bills. I just feel so incredibly lucky to um, continue to get paid from both my jobs and, uh, you know, have some, some place to live and because, you know, I am a totally paycheck to paycheck kind of person. So I totally feel for those people. And I wish there was something I could do to help. Oh, I thought of another a positive thing. There's so much less pollution, like air pollution. You see, um, they show these maps of what, you know, the smog over China or over L.A. or whatever in India, what it looked like before, and then what it looks like with everybody staying home and the roads empty, and it's just like clear blue skies. And it's like you kind of wish that it could stay that way and that people don't go back to traveling so much or driving so much and then you know the air would get cleaner that would be kind of nice i really miss uh seeing the kids every day at school i work at the middle school library and you know i wonder how they're all doing and you know Mm -hmm. so it'll be nice when things go back to go back to normal but i'm not sure they ever will go back to exactly the way they were there might be some aspects of it that that stay, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, this is all over with by, by summer at least. And I also feel really sorry for the, um, you know, the juniors and seniors who have to miss out on their prom and their graduation and, you know, all the last year of sports in high school and the play, the musical and all that kind of stuff. And they have to, you know, this is their last opportunity to do those things. Now they don't get to do them. So that's that's really sad, but at least they'll have stories to tell their kids someday.